you sitting there, you at home, you ain't doing shit, scratching your genitals, scratching your ass, smelling your underarm, smelling your own breath, let me hear just for a few seconds, right? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. The creation tools allow you to, you know, record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. You can use that same hand you scratch your ass with to go to Anchor and record. It'll distribute your podcast for you to a plethora of DSPs. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What are you waiting for? Go. Right now. Get off the couch. Go to Anchor. Create a podcast. The world wants to hear what you have to say. You know, for conversations like the one I had tonight, Trill Spill Tuesdays, I handpick people to do these conversations, people that I know, people that I grew up with, people that I trust, and they trust me also to have very open and candid conversations about their lives. And tonight was no different. Michelle Ellis, a good friend of mine from the Sandbox, uh, we had a very in-depth, open and candid conversation about her upbringing, the importance of her mother in her life, relationship, dynamics, and a plethora of other things. We also talk about health and her transformation and her um, her choice to um, turn down a lifestyle of eating poor and eating unhealthy into the flip side of it, eating healthy and making the right decisions, taking care of her body, and the, and the, the thrill and enthusiasm of seeing the results. Um, and we also talk about some, a lot of funny shit, current topics that we, you know, something that we grew up with uh, um, versus how we are today, things that made us who we are, things that molded us and shaped us into the person that we became in the present day. So I hope you enjoy this. I really do. This is a good podcast. Like I said, it's one of my good friends. So um, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity that she let me give her an interview. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Trill Pill Podcast with Khalil Sneedy. Sit back, roll you up some, pull you up some, and relax. And we're going to start the show. Let's go. Find it so hard. Cut your radio up. When I know in my heart, I'm letting you down every day. I'm letting you down every day. Why do I keep on running away?
Hello, 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 hello. Hey. How you doing? Doing. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have one of my good friends from the sunny south side of Dallas, Michelle Ellis. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How you doing? doing all right over here and killing these leftovers. Man, I had my leftovers in Damn my leftovers over here. I done used up all my goddamn bread. It's gone now. I had, to, had the bread <laughs> in. No, me, you, you ain't you ain't struggling to use a bread in to make a sandwich though. And I put them on the skid a little bit, smashing that shit. So, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I mean, of course, you know, due to COVID, like I didn't want to be around too many family mm. members, but I went by my mom's house. She made like a little small dinner. And then I went to go visit my brother. Then I came back home. Ooh. So nothing yeah. too much. Just spend time yeah. with family. Mom was very lonely. Mom was the total opposite. <laughs> I went to the. Uh, did you cook? Huh? Hell no. Nah. Nah, I um, I ended up going out to eat, and I had got like a oh, okay. to a place that had like pre-made dinner. So I bought one because I knew I wanted some leftovers and, sh and shit like that. So but it was all right though. It wasn't too bad though. It was it was different because I'm used to being around a lot of family. So this is my my first mm -hmm. one in my whole thirty years of existence is was by myself. But it was it was all right though. Went to the casino. It, it, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too. Bad. So, let's jump right into it. Let me get a, a um a brief uh a brief summary of your upbringing. Um, and coming from South Dallas, like I know very well, it, it is a very uh, tough place to be raised. But that place, it also has this very much, it, it has a lot of star qualities in that place. And that's why as many great people come from that place as they are, because if you can't, if, if you can make it out of South Dallas, then your limits is pretty much like you don't have none. So tell me about this. Tell me about your upbringing. Well, um, my upbringing in South Dallas, like I mentioned, like back in those days, my younger days, like the whole community knew each other. So it wasn't that bad because, you know, the whole phrase, it takes a village, like our village was actually working, yeah, you know, yeah. like protecting us and things like that. So it wasn't so, you know, envious and so much hate like it is during these times. So, you know, of course it was easier, you know, back in mm -hmm. those days, but I just had a normal upbringing. I was right, born and raised in South Dallas. I went to, you know, like all the schools in the, the same area, from J.J. Rose to Pearl C. Anderson to Lincoln High yeah. School. After high school, um, I'm not into school like okay. that. I encourage everyone to go to school, but this, you know, it's just not for me. So I just took up a trade in um, business administration technology, you know, just to have like something that I would know how to do or any job that I can get based on the field that I was, you know, like in because, you know, technology it basically runs the world mm -hmm. these days. So, you know you have to know about it so you know that's basically like my upbringing and you know just typical childhood spend time with cousins and family and back in those days everybody was out mm -hmm. so family would just pull up you didn't even have to call them they would just you know pop up and things like that so it was it was like it was happy back in those days i would say yeah it, it really was even going back to the school thing you know i, I think sometimes one of the biggest misconceptions is that when you leave high school you have to go to college and the truth is you don't you don't have to go to college, you know, yeah. get a trade. Me personally, I've done both. And financially, I've done better with my trade than what I went to school for. And um, that's just what it is right now. Even 
um, the last president, I won't say his name, but even he was talking about how he, you know what I'm saying, how um, the country is going to move more towards people with credentials, with trades, with things of that nature, because you can put them, you know, like, like people that have trades, you can put them more to work because, mm -hmm. and you know what I'm saying, like it's specialized. You know what I'm saying? It's not a broad exactly. scheme. And, but yeah, I mean, that, that's very important. So that's what's up. That is what's up. So um, next thing I really want to get into was um, tell me how the impact of the, the impact your parents had. Well, um, my mom raised me the, you know, the majority of my life. Mm -hmm. So my dad, he was around, but he wasn't, you know, like an everyday dad, but he would, you know, come in on the weekends and things like yeah. that, pick me up. So, um, but I spent the majority of like my childhood, like with my mom and my grandmother. So I would say my mom, her, she has a very strong worth ethic. Like she's very smart. Right. She's fearful. That's one thing I respect her. She's the shortest person, but I mean, like <laughs> she's just so brave. So that's one thing I admire about her, like her strength. Like I admire the strength of a black woman, period, but especially my mom. So. I would say just watching her go to work, making it on her own, you know, still doing things that need to be done, you know, without the help of anyone, you know, if the help came, then of course that was great, you know, but other than that, like just seeing her, like just continue just to keep it moving. That's like one thing I always say, like, you just have to keep going. And by watching her continue to go, I think that's what I use like in my everyday life, you know, like today, like mm -hmm. it's hard, but you just have to keep going and like showing, she showed me that like by example. Right, right. Now, um, right now, as you already know, I'm going through an interesting dynamic with my family, myself, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I was in um, living with my kids for majority of their lives, pretty much all of their lives until about some months ago. And so I always wondered how that affected people, you know, and everybody I interviewed, you know, a lot of my peers were raised by single mothers or co-parenting parents you know so how did that affect you growing up did you really worry about it um could you um feel the effects of it or you didn't really worry about it well, I mean, even though, like, my mom, she was a, a single parent, like, for the most part, when she did, you know, like, um, get married to the guy she was with for, like, numerous of years, like, I always looked at him, like, because he was there as, like, a father figure, so right. we had, like, a, a good example of a father figure in the household from, like, a young age until, you know, all up through middle school or whatever the case may be, but I do admit, like, I being that I had a father figure, but it wasn't actually, like, my father, I feel like that, like, caused me to grow, like, some numbness and kind of, like, slight resentment towards him. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as a child, like, of course, you know, you would want, you know, like, your dad, you know, <laughs> of course, no matter yeah. if, a, if a father figure is there, you know, like, that's not your dad or whatever the case may be, but you just have to learn to accept what you have while you have it. So I just had to, you know, just to learn to accept him and he was there and things like that. He was a great stepdad he's still around but you know of course I think it does play a huge part like I, I feel as if it's in women especially because I think that's our first example of how a man is supposed to treat us so right. it's just like we from a young age have examples of you know the man that is supposed to protect us and like look out for us and have our back 
turns away and just speak to us when he wants to. I think when we deal with men, mm. and I think that's why a lot of women just accept a lot of back and forth. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That does. Yeah, because yeah. that dynamic is weird. You know, and I talked to my brother. Um, He, you know, it's kind of the similar, same thing as you grew up in. We don't share the same father, but we share the same mother. So mm-hmm. it was very different like that. But um, for my kids, I think the advantage that I do have is that I was a consistent in their life. You know, like mm-hmm. every That's single day important. of their lives, you know, I cut all three of the umbilical cords. I got pissed, shit on, threw up on, but all three of them. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> and But, you know, yeah, right. But, you know, they always say that the most important time with the children is in that young time frame. You know, so mm-hmm. in that young time frame, all uh, that they, they know is me. And through them, it reminds me like, okay, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I, I did a good job, you know, because they still look up to me. They, they call me, they, they ask me for a lot of stuff, you know, and I tell them all the time that whatever's going on between me and your mother is none of you guys' business. And it's none of you guys' fault. And as you mm-hmm. grow and be able to comprehend, I will tell you everything, but right now, just focus on continue being a kid, and I know that it affects them, because um, mm-hmm. it'll affect any kid, you know what I'm saying? But that's one thing that worries me a tad bit. But um, And another thing I want to add to that before, I don't mean to interrupt, one thing I want to yeah, add to that, I right. think when the mother doesn't, like, speak badly about the father in front of the child, because yeah. that plays some effect as well, so long as you know, like like your your current situation, whatever the case may be, they still respect you like that because I'm pretty sure like their mom isn't talking down on you because she knows you you're a great dad, and the kids know you're a great dad. So by telling them that, it confuses the child. So I mm-hmm. think a lot of child, a lot of children be confused, you know, thinking that their father just this horrible person, and it could be situations that we don't even understand. Right. But you know, I feel as if like my mom, she never did that. Like yeah. I said, she worked, she provided, her mm-hmm. husband provided for us. So it's just like you know. Mm-hmm. That plays a huge part as well, I think. Right. See, because my daughters, especially like my oldest one, like I put it like this: my son is my wingman. Like if I go somewhere with my son, oh yeah, I'm getting some numbers today. I'm getting some, some <laughs> IGs. You know what I'm saying? Because he handsome, just like his daddy, and he got long hair, not like his daddy. So he got a little bit more intangibles. You know what I'm saying? But when I go out with my oldest, oh they, oh she cop block all day. No, daddy, she 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 got mad at me because I was putting on cologne before we go out to eat. So I'm putting on the cologne. She's like, who are you trying to smell there for? I said, you sure right. You sure right. You know what I'm saying? I can't, you know what I'm saying? Because it's funny because that was my baby. So I love that. I really love that. That's a great PLP. Now, let's get into these health choices, right? I just happened to be scrolling the Instagram story one day. And I see you toned up. You done changed the IG name to Tone's Queen. So I'm like, okay, right. Uh-huh. So what made you make, or better yet, what made you more passionate into making better health choices, right? Um, and what continue, and what keeps that um, enthusiasm as you continue to, to do that, like after you see progress? Well, I think the reason why I do it overall is because, of course, I think everyone would like to live longer. And then one thing I noticed with, like, simply changing the things that you eat can affect your body 
you know, like more beneficial versus like actually going to the gym because I feel as if when you implement healthier choices into your daily routine, it's easier to keep up with. So if mm. every day, like I'm buying this, I'm buying like the the um, organic foods, I'm like only buying like spring water, I'm only consuming like, um, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables. I'm not eating like any pork or anything like that. So once I learned how to do that part, and once I learned how to do pet, do that part and I became disciplined, it became easier for me to do it. And then I start to notice like how it affected my body. We don't realize like you can just simply change the, the cooking oil that you cook your foods in. And that can change like your whole your whole body. So I think when you start to like research and learn more about your body, and then it's like actually the feeling is what keeps you going. Like, cause when you feel good, you're gonna keep doing something that's gonna make you keep that feeling. So it's like, why not eat healthy? If this is gonna make me continue to look like this and feel like this, then why mm-hmm. would I stop? So at this point, it's like no looking back. I'm already too deep in it now. It's like, <laughs> and once right. your body gets so used to like consuming like what it needs, once you put things into it that it doesn't need is going to reject it. So like it's every, but of course everything is done in moderation. Like I'm not saying I'm perfect. I only eat this. I only eat that. Of course I have mm-hmm. my days. Like I cannot leave simply lemonade alone. Like I do not care. Like I have to get me some simply lemonade with <laughs> I strawberries. Have some. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, but I just raspberry kind of like the raspberry. See, it's the, I, only the strawberry or the lemonade, but that's one thing I'm like I have to okay yeah but I it's all done yeah. in moderation so you just have to learn to like just implement I wouldn't suggest anyone to just just throw everything in their fridge and their cabinets away like I wouldn't suggest anyone to do that like throw everything out of their refrigerator things like that but I just think like if the if by taking small steps and implementing like little things at a time I think mm-hmm. at that point like it'll be easier and, and one won't be so overwhelmed because it's very right. overwhelming but it's worth yeah, it right. it's very worth it yeah it's true now what if somebody came to you now you gave me a list right <laughs> you sent me a list <laughs> you made me a list and i highly appreciate you taking out time of your day to <laughs> make your boy a list but when i as i walk through the grocery store i'm like man you know it's uh, you know so you know not that i couldn't I could, but it was like, why? You know what I'm saying? And of course, the why is for a lot of people is the problem. And also, sometimes the prices for some people, you know, it's always, you know, as we grow up, now growing up in South Dallas, like it wasn't no healthy options out there. Mm-hmm. You had barbecue baked potato where you can barely see the goddamn potato. That shit got chopped beef, hot links on it, cheese, sour cream, Man. bacon beef. All type of that shit here, that shit way about the size of a newborn baby. You know what I'm saying? You hungry? Shit, go take your ass up to Williams Chicken, get you a quick two piece or churches or or Big Daddies or the Pink Store or Good wherever luck. your area yeah, was. Mr. K's, get you salami and cheese and you know what I'm saying? Frito pies and all that shit was was, was hurting us. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it, it was hurting us. So growing up and making better choices. You know, it's something that's a struggle, I know, for me, because I'll take a goddamn hot link, Earl Campbell, and split that shit in a, in a minute and throw that shit on the skillet. And one thing twice about it, but the fact that I'm getting older, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 30 now, you know what I'm saying? I still stay fairly active. I'm not all active like I used to be, mm-hmm. which is also a problem. But um, I think that is something that people that grew up in 
type of area that we grew up in need to have the access to. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to start cultivating more. You know, my mother, she started, um, she ate fairly healthy. You know, I mean, of course, we're going to occasionally go to some two partners and get the occasional big-ass baked potato. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, we ate healthy. Um, my dad, as I was growing up, was Muslim. So I don't even fuck with pork. I really never have, you know what I'm saying? Unless it's like a little bacon here and there, but I don't even like really eating that. Like if I catch it, then I won't, you know what I'm saying? I, I won't, won't want it because trust me, him being Muslim, tell me all them horror stories about pigs and shit. <laughs> yep. You know, so, um, but even going to people's eating chitlins and hog mog and pig feed. And I'm like, what the fuck is that shit? You know what I'm saying? That just, that shit hurts my body. So, Another thing we want to get into, right? Um, what is okay? I put it like this. Let's start from this angle. What is your ideal man? What does he look like? What does he do? What is the, the picture that she has set up? Like, yeah, this is the nigga. Oh wow! And see, here's the thing. Like, I don't have a type. When I say I don't have a type, meaning like. Okay, okay, well, I guess I do have a type. I'll take that. But of course, I'm going to be real. I do have a type, but it's just as far as like, um, let me try to just put put this very, very simple. Of course, I would want a man that is God fearing. Um, I've dealt with men in the past that's not that, you know, we were compatible in other areas, but as far as like, God, you know how people know God, but they just don't walk with them. If you, if you, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. they know of them, but they don't apply it to their everyday lives. So my ideal man, yeah, yeah. So my ideal man has to like know God, like speak with God, talk to God, go to God before he go to anyone else, you know, they have, you know, like faith and things like this. So I would want a man with, of course, you know, like faith, the same faith values that I have as well. Um, okay. Of course, I would want someone that's taller than me. I mean, I think I'm like five, six, five, seven. So I'm kind of I'm considered tall for a girl, I guess, but of course I want to look up at my guy, <laughs> whatever. So yeah. um, of course, as far as a profession, I mean, you can work a nine to five, you can be an entrepreneur. I, I feel as if long as you're doing something that makes you happy, then like go for it. Mm. Um, one thing I do love about men, I love learning from men, so I'm very interested in men mm. who like who are smart. And not even in the sense of like books, mm-hmm. but as far as like, because you can be smart in all areas of life. So anything that I can learn from a oh, person, yeah. like I, I tend to gravitate to men like more of that, you know, but that's going like mm-hmm. towards that lane as far as, um, of course, I love black men. I ain't gonna even okay. front. So you won't. Um, as far as dating okay, outside so of my race. I mean, I, um, I, w- I mean, you said, you know, like you want, you know, like, let's see, let me think about a, a, a Robin Thicke type white man or. Travis Kelsey or you know what I'm saying something something like that you wouldn't be interested. See, in I like one see, of those type. Of- I like weird guys, and that's the thing. <laughs> like the type of men that I okay. really really like, I don't seem to attract them because they consider like you know like okay, let me give you an example. Perfect example, right. Andre three thousand type shit. Like I like him is just because mm-hmm. it's like a mystery to him, mm-hmm. but he's so talented, yeah. and he's so handsome, but it's just like. He's himself, and it's just like a weirdness to him. Like I love, you know, like men like that. They carry around a flute. 
Yeah, and just pull it out his pocket and just start playing like that's some player shit right there. Like I just love people who are themselves. Like you know, like the people who are like into like anime and like the whole people that are considered gothic. Like like I love people like that. Like I wish I was that free to be honest. Free being. Yeah. But yeah, I like you know if it was like a white dude like Robert Thicke, he's too pretty for me. Like I don't like the, you know, like the pretty. You don't like okay. What about? I like the rough looking. So what about like a? (laughs) <laughs> okay, so he like 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 uh uh what's the nigga name that was on the TV show Brett Michaels with the bandana? Or, no, okay, so I had, like the dude from that the guy that plays Thor. I like him. That nigga ain't he rough looking. Rough that nigga looking. Like in the movie, he rough looking. That nigga ain't rough looking. That, that nigga look like sunshine. <laughs> sunshine was. Long blonde hair. That nigga is not so awkward and weird. So he is cute. I like sunshine. He was handsome. See, I like weird stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. the dudes that come to me, it's like they feel yeah, like if I like yeah. gotta have the hood type, but that's the main of the type I attract, I guess, because you know, like the area I'm from. But you know, I'm, I'm a very open person. Yeah. Right, right. Because that that's one thing in our community that we talk about a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? And that for me personally, I don't really mind, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if I see like a, you know, like a, Black guy with a white girl, or vice versa, it don't bother me. You know, for for some people, I I want to bring and I just don't understand why. Okay, I feel as if that I don't have a problem with interracial relationships at all. I feel it becomes a problem when the people do it just despite the the race, for example, or the people who do it to feel as if they have to achieve a certain level of success. Those are the type of interracial mm-hmm. relationships I don't get with because I don't feel like it's genuine. You can tell it's not genuine. It's only it's it's always like a motive, it seems. Okay. For example, um right. we could take it to the Gucci versus um Young Jeezy battle. His whole thing, like me yeah. personally, okay. I ain't gonna even front. Yeah. I'm a Gucci fan. Like I love Gucci growing up. I love you know, I like both of them, but I feel as if I relate more to Gucci because I respect the fact that he know where he's from. I mean, of course, people grow, you change, you travel around the world, you do this, you do that. And some people just like what they like, and I get that. But I feel as if Gucci, like, of course, he did what he did, but he's still himself. You know, he 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 know he's from the hood. He know he's so dope and all that other shit. But he going to marry a black woman. He going to be where he's from. He going to take her his community, do whatever he do. I feel as if young Jeezy, he's trying to switch his image. Because of... I, I feel I as if in order to do that, I don't think that, and it's, it's seen every day, it's seen on social media, it's seen in the TV, that in order for like certain black men to reach a certain level of success, they cannot do that with a black woman. I'm not saying all of them can't do that, but it's to be known, like mm-hmm. when a black man reaches a success, he does not incorporate the black woman into their lifestyle. So I feel as if that if you okay. do stuff like that, then you really not for your people. To me, that's like a, a mm. diss on your whole community because you so dope to the community. You say you own half of Atlanta. Why can't a black woman help you rebuild half of Atlanta? Put put rec centers in there. Put housing communities in there. Do a little bring yeah. other resources because that's well, a black woman where she is from. So she would know what to do. If you know what to do right. where you're from, I know what to do in South Dallas right now. It don't have to take me a month or a week to ask questions and walk around and give me a, a, a map of the community or anything like that. I know what's needed because I, I come from there. 
So that's just my, right. that's just me. I'm I not mean, like, a man can like what they right. like or whatever the case yeah. may be, but that's just my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I think about it different. Um, I don't think, you know, me personally, you know, she she's cool, but... She's cool, and she said that black men is like the, the side piece, and she like her men white and lean. The white me keep her mean and lean, and the white, the black side. Yeah, and she has a history. You know, she's been through a nasty uh, divorce. What does that have to do with like how that? she feels about black men? Well, what I'm saying is this: is she has a lot of red flags for oh, a I woman in general, right? Ex- I thought she was making you know an saying? excuse for right. a woman. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, she, she, no, you know, and but here's my thought about that, right? Now, I'm pretty sure Jeezy has definitely had his pickup the litter in all types of women, right, throughout his life, because um, his fame, his fortune, you know, what he does, things of that nature. So, I think about like this, you know. I think that he's trying a lot of women. And I think that he's at a point at his life where he's like, look, I can still, you know, be running around, you know what I'm saying? And then whatever. So, you know, I don't, you know, I can't speak on who he chooses to whatever because it seems like he really likes her. I thought it's because he's getting a TV show. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. (laughs) But uh, I I digress. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't heard her talk a little bit, and I just don't. I feel like she sometimes she she she, she, she tries does. too hard, but I think at Jesus' point in his life, I think he, he does. Just wants and that's something why I different. feel as if by and now, that, at this it, point, it makes obvious feel, sense that he wants something different because I saw that he's trying to get like a television yeah. show, trying to be the next Steve Harvey, whatever he's trying to do with his life. Kudos to him, and it's understandable. But why do you have to share that with someone that not come from where you came from? You so dope to black women. These black women supported you and cared for your entire career. And then once you're trying to switch up and do something different, you have to do it different with someone of another race. The black woman not good enough to share that level of success with you. She can't sit in the audience with you while you're on TV now and not in the trap house no more. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that he, don't he think thinks about it, about it like all. that. Because if he did, you know he wouldn't be with who you with. No, I mean... He likes what he likes. Like, you know, we seen him and what Keisha Cole and, dirty. And, and, and other it, and that's that's another I don't conversation. Know. We I don't can know. That's another you know, into that. Yeah. 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 I don't know something to that because, you know, whatever. But I mean, I I do think you can get to a, a certain point mm-hmm. in your life. I do think, especially when you you know when you grew up like he did and went through the things that he did and live the lifestyle that he did, you know, I just think that, you know, he, he just probably wanted something different. I don't think he thinks about the race as much. And that's my opinion on 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 that. But let me tell you, but I'll tell you what, I, I had a talk with a white guy, right? One of my good friends from mm-hmm. trucking school. He's married to a black woman who lives in Kansas. And I asked him, because I always ask people these, <laughs> you know, said good-ass questions is, what made you choose, you know what I'm saying, her versus the other, you know, black women? You know, um, explaining to where, where he grew up at. He grew up in uh, Wichita, which is very, you know, mixed and whatever. So he, he wasn't new to the idea of dating black women. But what he told me was, you know, um, uh, he just, he, he likes what he likes, you know. 
and he and he likes that, and it's like a trophy for him to parade around a black woman. Now, I asked the same question to one of my black friends who's married to a white girl, and he told me something that kind of took me back a little bit, and I think about it. And he told what he told me was that he thinks that, like for his liking, he was something that's very feminine. And from the the black women that he dated in the past, they they were not as feminine. You know what I'm saying? They were very, you know, like not saying they was look look like men, but they carry a lot of male qualities. You know what I'm saying? And and that. It made me think about <laughs> what he said for me. I'm like, damn, that's I never heard that before. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, he's just saying that his his wife depends on him, and she and she allows him to make, you know, what I'm saying the choices, you know, and doesn't, you know, whatever. So, you know, that was that was just what he told me. So, what do you think about that dynamic? And why do you think black women get the get a bad rep for being, um, I guess, so strong and not as dependent on men? I mean, it's, I'm sorry. As 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 some cultures are right, because yeah. you know it's a culture thing. You know, now I do think that you know um, deeper into it. Black men getting incarcerated very heavily, or broken house, broken houses, broken marriages, things like that. They they do play a a um a part in it. But what do you think about what those two men said? Well, as far as the um the first man, when you said he um he just like what he like what he likes, and he basically parades around as a trophy. To me, it just sound like a fetish. The second, yeah, yeah the that that sound like the a fetish guy, yeah. to me. And, um, the second guy, um, he sound weak, but I get it because mm. unfortunately, like black women, we have to be strong and we taught to be strong and right. the government has created a system to where we don't have to have the black men in our life to make it. So if, mm-hmm. so it's like, um, yeah. If women are provided with like food assistance and housing and things like that, and they can do all of these things yeah. and they don't have to have a man present, all they need is the children that they bear from that man. What is the point of the man? Like, yeah. you know, it, I think uh, uh, anger festers. I think yeah. that humiliation festers. I think all that like tied into each other, it causes one to be angry. Mm-hmm. So it's just, mm-hmm. I feel as if black women have a valid right. reason, to, a valid because, reason to be angry, right. and I don't think there's nothing wrong with being strong. I don't think there's nothing wrong with providing for yourself. Of yeah. course, if a man wants to come in and to like and provide, and then my thing is, it's the black men that were raised by black women, and they've seen the strong black woman, and they've seen the things that their mom went through, and then they look at other black women and say, "I can't do that because you're too strong for me." Or you not let me make any decisions because they want to be the man in the house. You see right. what I'm saying? So I think it's just yeah. the, I mean, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, because at some point, you know, like you said, I do think, especially being in, in the position that I am now, and I think about 
my life. Of course, it has something to do with the environment that I grew up in, right? But the people that, you know, like I, you know, like my mama would have flipped out if I brought mm-hmm. home a white girl, straight up. Even me going, even me going to Oklahoma, I know that I was like, okay, it's, it was a culture shock because I never lived around white people. I'm coming from South Dallas. Like I never lived, you know what I'm saying? I've never been door to door, in and out, you know what I'm saying? Never, that was different for me. So I didn't even know that I liked some white women, you know what I'm saying? Or other races of, of women. But after that, you know, I just prefer black women. You know what I'm saying? That's just my preference. You know, I don't discriminate. And to be honest, I like anybody who likes me. I think at the same time, it's not a lot of, um, I don't have a lot of, like, ego behind Like, Like, I didn't get mad when Serena got with that white dude. You know what I'm saying? Now, I do have times like, man, he can't handle all that ass. Like, God damn. You know what I'm saying? But maybe he can. We didn't pick the nigga. We, we don't seen Serena bounce, you know, with Common and Drake, but she didn't marry none of that. So that's a dynamic that shit that I think about, you know, but I have, I think a lot of black men, some who think about as far as on the surface level, they think it, it boils down to this right here is every time I got my heart broke, who did it? It was a black woman. But why can't it just be every a time woman? Some, you know, somebody... like, why does it have to be labeled? Being that there are so many races of women and so many women that you're going to encounter, I feel as if once a, mm-hmm. a, a black man get hurt and if it's by a black woman, he that's his reason to hurt every other black woman. Like, it's just, it, don't label us like, okay, a black woman hurt me, so fuck black women. I'm just going to start fucking with Mexicans or fuck, you know, whatever the case may be, okay, a woman is going to hurt you. Yeah. I mean, men hurt, but it's like people, men, yeah, so I hurt as well, but I guess being it's that it's worth, from a black woman, it's just like, yeah. they just envy us so much. It's just weird. Yeah, like for instance, yeah, uh, like for instance, like, you know, I put it like this, and then we'll move on to the, to, to the next topic, right? Me, 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 me personally, everything that I'm going through it doesn't scare me away from black women. Like, that's just what I like. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm attracted to. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, it, it just is. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, and everything else falls behind it. But if I'm, you know, whenever I am go out to date, it's probably going to be like 2026 because all this shit right. is a little, little weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Start whatever. I'm going to be looking for, for, you know, black women first. You know what I'm saying? But Everybody has a chance, you know. I think it's just for some dudes, they don't think about it like, like um, they they get they they have too much pride, right? It's too much pride because don't don't get me wrong, it does hurt. Like going through, like going through a divorce with my wife. She's predominantly black and she's mixed with Creek Indian, but predominantly black. And when you see her. You know what I'm saying? When you see that person that you put all your love into, and you know you got the hashtags of the black love and ooh, all that shit, and then you go through what you know people go through. It's like, well, damn, what happened to the black love? What happened to the? So you don't the, think the, that the black the family? White you know what I'm saying? It's a kind of like, and like go through the same hardships that a black family does as well, but it's just not labeled that yes. way because. Black people they, have to label everything, and that's why I think they go we get it our feelings hurt the most. We don't know mm-hmm. what they go through because they don't tell their business like we right. do. 
So they probably struggling just as worse or worse than us. But I feel right. as if we just but take shit and just be like, I like it's over. Like, but I'm pretty sure every other way is not trying yeah. to dismiss what you've been through. But I just feel like black people just have to put stuff so heavy and bad on our own race. Like every race, ha- every race is, ha- has like different ghetto traits and like they loud and they have like little instances that black people have as well. But I just feel as if when black people, when we speak mm-hmm. about ourselves sometimes, it's like you said the whole black love thing. And since that failed, you just labeled it like, like, well, what's the point of black love? Like, for sure, like people who are, you know, white, they have troubles, they have hardships. The person that they known to love and have children with and things like that, it didn't yeah. work and like mm-hmm. that. But they don't label that stuff white love. It's just it is. It's a marriage. It is what it is. But we have something to file back right. on, so we have something but to blame. We versus you know, you know just taking it. It is what it is and moving on. We're, Right, just sit and just be mad. Right, because we put those, we put those, um, those labels out, those hashtags out, things like that. And right, and but you know, at the same time, I do think that sometimes, um, just as far as you know, our, our women, you know, um, I think a lot of times, okay. For instance, right, I was uh, watching this documentary on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they were breaking down a whole lot of stats. You know, it wasn't about any type of race of people, just people in general and what they do, like field studies and shit, weird shit that I, I just watched. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, a lot of times black women are the reason or a part of a reason why a lot of who black made, women Who is, who is telling the votes? Who is counting? And, first Who's of, over like, there counting? Who is making these analysis? <laughs> this is this was a NPR special. This was a TED talk. Who was the group of people special, but, gathering? I mean, as far as these African American or was these people of another race that has no idea what black people encounter? And of course, black women get blamed for everything. We got blamed for the we got blamed for the election almost. It's just like we always get blamed for everything. We don't want to carry the election, but. You know, they said that we didn't do nothing, so it's just always we I mean, just get black. Why but, do y'all I hate mean, black, white, black? Just think about it, though. That was, just, that was a phrase. Women. I was that wasn't like I wasn't telling you that. I don't <laughs> I was just like a oh. oh no, I'm about to say no. I'm about to say no. You know, but but I'm not because realize that we all come from these. Send me the link to this. Um, that's environmental stuff, right? Like, say for instance, um, a number of times, you know, I've seen, you know, just bad breakups, bad relationships, you know what I'm saying? And that guy gets, he, he, he may get put on child support or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, it's up in the air. In my opinion, it's a little bit off. All the laws are kind of off, but like you said, it is a system to um, erase mm-hmm. the black man out of a black family and mm-hmm. it replaces us with the government right and not only are we, are we able to take the black man out of the black family you are also able to extract resources from that black man along with the resources that you gain from the government so my question that I always ask all the black women is in order for us to continue this fight that we are fighting against the government and police and all that, the first thing that has to happen is the black women have to stand up and 
separate themselves from the government. Now, if it's a guy and he has no, you know, no whatsoever, he don't he don't want to be there. He done made the baby. He don't want to be there. I, I see you have to do what you have to do. But as far as like a lot of times, it's more men like me, men who are trying to have the family, who are trying to raise, you know what I'm saying, the kid, trying to do the best that he can, and they end up on the, the ass end of a legal whipping. <clears throat> and for me personally, it is disturbing, and it cuts deep when you sit in front of this white judge and he's deciding what goes on between like the the breakup of a black marriage. It's a weird little smirk. It's a weird little Aura to see all these white men standing around us, black people, and like, yeah, we got another one type of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the move. You know what I'm saying? And they have a lot of their problems too. And to be honest, I think that it's a lot more broken white families than it's black families. Um, but like you said, we already have the spotlight on us, so um, those things kind of get highlighted. But mm-hmm. I just thought that was very, very interesting. You know what I'm saying? But even with the whole Jeezy and, and Gucci thing, I mean, Jeezy's a corporate thug. So, Next you know, at some point, he's going to go corporate. Just saying. Next. <laughs> that can go on for hours, too. But uh, let me see. Um, speaking of black women, let's be on the other good tip, right? How do you feel about Kamala Man, Harris being the first female vice president? That is so iconic. Like, she's a legend, honey. Right. Like, that is everything. Like it's just it give me chills. Like I don't care if she brown, black, blue, purple, or orange, she's a woman. And she made history. So she don't have to be fully black. She don't have to be whatever. No. I don't care what she is. She's a woman and she made history and it's very inspiring. Like, you know, I don't have children yet, but I right. do have young nieces. So that is very, very inspiring to tell my niece like Kenzie, like the mm-hmm. vice president is a woman, like she will be able to see that. You know, that is so. That's everything. That is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah, that really is. It shocked me. Uh, to be honest, um, I didn't vote for Biden. Didn't vote for Trump either. But it was. I voted for. Uh, I voted Libertarian Party for the first time. But it was, it was also a, a black woman that was vice president. Her name was, um, mm-hmm. that she was a nominee. Her name was Angela Walker. Also, black party. But for Kamala Harris, I think it, although the image is great, you know what I'm saying, um, for me, it does, her past kind of bothers me. Like her, like her being a part of a party, it bothers me. Because I know at some point she's going to go agenda. And I know at some point she's, she. I mean, it was her job or her duty, but she locked up a lot of black men. She locked up a lot of people that look like me and didn't do as much to rehabilitate them once they came out or didn't really care much. You know what I'm saying? So that troubles me. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of times, um, regardless on what race, um, people who hold these seats, a lot of times they don't get vetted for what the mm-hmm. responsibility that they have, right? I feel like a lot of times they get vetted because, oh, she's black and she went to a 
HBCU. I think there's more AM, of a, uh, I think there's more AM, of she's a, black. Like, uh, she wore Timberland boots. A confirmation in the sense, like, you know, she kind of like me. It's like for someone to come where you come from and know some things that you know, and they can say that they're the vice president just to have anything relatable to their person. I just think it's more of that sense, not more in the sense of, oh, yeah, she about to change yeah. the world. It's not that. It's just a sense of, like, appreciation. Like, wow, like, she went to the school I went to, you know, like she wrote a stuff, you know, like it's more of that in a sense. And it's like a, a joyous occasion. So whatever she's done in her past, I feel as if all these politicians are crooked. Right. I mean, they do stuff that we don't even know about. Imagine the people who, you know, who you would, who you would want to win. You don't know right. what they do about because all their secrets aren't out there. So I feel as if everyone has a past. I mean, but if they're taking the necessary steps to like correct yeah. it, I don't like the fact that Donald Trump did not speak on the, the arrest with you know George Floyd or Breonna Taylor that's that disturbed me that he had children in cages like that disturbed me that he said he was the least racist person like he didn't yeah. never deny that he was a racist he said he was the least racist yeah. person that's that type of shit disturbs me yeah but for I mean a person to do something I think, and like she can only do yeah. things according all of this I don't because Biden done said some horrible shit at the end of the day they Biden can only do so much they can I'm not trying to take yeah. up from anything like that but to base someone's present on like their past is unfair mm -hmm. like because Trump has displayed throughout the whole I know you didn't vote for him or nothing but I'm just saying like people have voted for that man they ignore all this stuff about right. him yeah. and they were still mad that he didn't win so I mean people have passed people do things like that but if someone is trying to advocate and make a change and like for the better I feel as if we just get people to, I don't think we give people a chance anymore and I feel as if we hold people past you know passes against them and that's normal because you're human and of course it's gonna be like right. a like I don't know if I should do that it's gonna be you know like some you know you're not going to have a sense of urgency yeah, we don't, to like yeah. be on someone's side who has done something yeah. wrong. That's completely understandable. But like once you forgive a person and you know, just want to move on, it's just like you have to move on and just let go and just like, come on, what else? You got to keep going. Right. All right. See, because these days, I, I don't think we allow people to grow, right? When you look at some of our greatest leaders, Maya Angelou, you know what I'm saying? She came from mm -hmm. rough, rough, you know, upbringing you know what i'm saying that she had every mm -hmm. reason to not be who she became malcolm x exactly everyone has a past you know what i'm saying He's, you know dope, dope dealer but malcolm little became malcolm x and he became one of our greatest leaders so i i do think it's a catch between two some of those things and i just hate especially some of these guys you know like Seeing Bill Cosby get get locked up, that shit hurt me. Cause that's somebody I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like the bringing of the bringing back up the past, back up because it, it's obvious you don't have. But you have to think of the the past that is being brought up. I get the whole you know Kamala thing and sending black men to jail, but black people black they've been sending black men to jail before Kamala. They're gonna keep sending because the system is not created to protect and to serve black people. So black men will always get sent to jail because the system is made it to be that way. Yeah. As far as Bill Cosby, he his past involved right. drugging women and raping them. Now, as a woman, I'm not saying I, I wasn't thorough. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That's just like with R. Kelly. But I don't I, give a, I, I used to love R. Kelly. But you right. pissing on kids and all this other stuff and all that other no, stuff. But what's not the see, R. Kelly got it though. That's, that's, that's okay, different. those are kids, but we don't know those all are kids. Like, when some most of those women with Bill Cosby under those age or young. 
They was like young actresses and things like that, or what was their age group? They was of no. age, but they was just drugs. They was around the same age. They was around the same age. And he was you drugging know, them, right? Bill Cobb was a hot right. nigga at that time, and that was. And was it those that like I thought it was he was raping I don't, and drugging them? I don't know because the era. Uh, those were that those were the allegations, but I'm thinking about the mm-hmm. time frame, right? Like my dad is in the seventies, so he has his great scope on the time frame. And he was like, Man, everybody was on now. Did he probably do something, you know, wrong? Yeah. <clears throat> but even my dad was like, even back then, it wasn't no secret among the black community. And I don't think that it was a secret for some of those women. I think well, they I, had I, a I'm choice. Not the they had a choice to go with Jennifer Lewis. She said that she was at an audition for a Bill Cosby role, and um, she was talking to one yeah. of the, the one of the actresses. It was a girl backstage or whatever. And soon as she brought up Bill Cosby's name, the girl started shaking and crying. So I mean, I, I believe that people know life, and that's the thing yeah. with black people. Like we see stuff going on, we know it's not right, but we just don't say nothing. And, you know, just keep our business to ourselves. We We'll learn from an early age to be quiet. What goes on in this house stays in this house. So we are already embedded with fear at a young age. But I don't think that it's right. an excuse for but here's my thing, a though. person and take advantage of them. No, it's no excuses. It's no excuses for that. But I'm thinking on more of a general terms, though. Like, if you know that there's possibly a dude that... It's been some But like you said, everybody, nobody was saying that. So I guess people were just being quiet and they probably didn't know. Or they probably didn't believe them. Right. And then a lot of times, I'm not... No, they knew. And I can't speak. I mean, you probably... They knew about that. But what made them... Oh, you you good. All I'm saying is, what made them take so Mm -hmm. long? Like, for a dude like Bill Cosby at that time, he was... He was the head nigga in charge for a lot. He wanted to do all these great things. He had the power to. So I'm thinking like, well, if he had that power, and of course a lot of white people, they, you know, they whatever. I'm pretty sure a lot of them didn't like him at that time. Why didn't they go at that time and say, hey, this dude is doing this because I think if there would have been a full onslaught of, you know what I'm saying, that, <clears throat> then he, he would have been picked off. Or maybe because at that time a lot a lot more was accepted, you know, and and that's one of the weird paradigms. And but I mean, if he did all that, that weird shit, and he deserved, you know, I just hate to see, um, like if it, if somebody does a crime, mm-hmm. that person needs to go away from that crime expeditiously, not fifty, sixty years away, because it's like, well, damn. You know what I'm saying? He on his deathbed. He gonna sit nigga to jail for but does something Daddy he probably don't even remember. He's so old. You know what I'm saying? But so why does it matter what time he went to jail for? No, but you also can't prove that he did. Um, I'm thinking yeah, about but, as far as but the woman legal knows. Terms, and at the end of you can't prove that he did. That. I've been a woman all ago, my life, like, and I know how the fear that we have when a man that we, when we're scared of a man because men don't understand how powerful they are at times. And I don't think a lot. I think a lot of men just, pull, you know, like just mm-hmm. are very dismissive to women's feelings, and they have the right to tell women when, when, and how, and why, and you know, like when they can talk. You can never tell a person when to tell a story. When someone is ready to tell a story, they will because you don't know the things that they experienced. You don't know the things that was right. told to them within that right. situation. You don't know if he had people 
them. So it's just like being that I wasn't there, I would never That's defend true. a situation that someone like was taking advantage of in. So I, I remember when the whole thing came out about the whole Dr. Dre thing. Why didn't she say something then? Why the why the people who was around him every day didn't say nothing? They seen this lady get beat. They seen this lady get abused. They seen this lady deal with all these things, but no one said nothing. And then they say, well, why she wait all this time? Why you didn't say nothing right then and there? Yeah. And But we always get blamed for it in the end. And it's plenty of people that can take up for us. But like I said, we the most unprotected. We the most disrespected. People be around and see stuff happening and don't do anything. So as far um, as the whole wait, why you wait 20 years? Why you wait 30 years? You yeah. can never tell a woman when, to, when it's That's time for her to tell her a story. True, but don't you think that if it's something, especially when you're dealing with high profile, Bobby, because they're high, it don't want when someone's taking right? advantage because of you, don't know if they the president, if, they the priest. Who, when, when it comes to someone being taken advantage of, all that who they are goes out the window. At the end of the day, they're just the person that attacked them. They're the monster, so they're not looked at as a Bill Cosby. Looked at as an art. They look okay. So right. as little kids, we've always been fearful of monsters, right? Right. So what about as a kid? So it's just when you're being taken advantage of, you go back right. to that childlike memory, and all you see is a monster. So you don't care about their status. You don't care about their wealth. You don't care about their connections. All you okay. know is you were taken advantage of. Whatever was told to you by that monster, that that boogeyman, or whatever. You don't tell mama, do you, all the time when you were younger? You don't go to her every day, mm -hmm. every time you had a nightmare. Something in the beginning, you might be it, but then you know, like how little kids say, Well, I'm just not gonna say nothing no more. So it's just like you don't, people are. I, I, I think I like seeing like plenty of interviews and like seeing like little stories and things like that sometimes and taking it up. It's just like they go to a different mindset. So it's just like, mm -hmm. so what would you say to? the women who accuse guys of doing these things and they were lying about it. Cause that's the problem that I have. I don't have the problem of these women, whoever they are, where color race mm -hmm. they are of going and telling their story, if it is true. But a lot of the women go out and they try to seek the downfall of a man because of a certain reason, maybe relationship, maybe he let them alone. And a lot of men careers and lives have been, you know, trampled and tortured and, and, and halted because of mm -hmm. some women who they create a story and they know it's, it's the time because the, the times are, are deep and intense. Oh, he did this to me. Now this guy gets fired from his job. Now this guy gets done that. And then they go through all that just to find out and get in court and say, mm -hmm. well, I wasn't telling the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And those girls don't get any consequences. I think those girls should be locked up because you lied on, on a, you know, you lied and you had a man's career in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? From the from the Brian Bang story to a couple of these NFL players to um, just, you know, some celebrities too. Like, what do you, what would you say to the women that use that? Because to be honest, it's a very much slight against those women who have those real stories. So what would you say against those women who use that as for a benefit, not to bring awareness to anything, but situation. for you never win when monetary you play game? And like Mama always said, while you dig in one ditch, you better dig two. Yeah. Because we both fathered them up. <laughs> but no, it's like, um, 
Yeah, Turn of course, up. you know, some women are spiteful. <laughs> like, I, I do believe because I'm, like, weird. Yeah. There's certain um people hire women to ruin certain men's careers as if some of the allegations that are brought against men by women who they didn't do that to, they might have done it to other women, and I, it might be karma. Um, but women are just flat out just lying. Like, you never win when you play. So of course, I agree to anything that's going to, you know, damage someone's career and they, you know, it's a false accusation. Right. So that's not, that's not, that's not cute at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next topic. What do you think about, I got a couple more topics there. We're going to gather because I know you got places to be. People see. So it's about the, <laughs> the state, <laughs> the state of women now. What do you think about the state of women right now? What is the state we- of not only women, what what is the state shit. of the black women right now? In I our feel society? that we run the shit. That? I feel like a lot of black women are tired of sitting around. We run. I feel as if a lot of like how you said earlier, like black women should stay or get away from the government type stuff. I feel like black women are like the highest. You know, we the like the the highest rising number and like black entrepreneurs. So it's just like we really like learning to be more business oriented. Really trying to change like how who we are. I see a lot of um, black women holding like functions and stuff, how to teach people, mm-hmm. you know, build businesses and work on their credit and how to be more in tune with ourselves. I feel as if black women taking care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're actually taking ourselves serious shit. That's how I feel about the state of black women. And it's not, you know, no matter what the age group is, everybody's out right here, you know, like getting it. And I feel it's time. Right. Right now, let me ask you also another question, real quick. We're gonna bounce it up two subjects. Does the black man have a part in the black women's future in our society? Where do we fit in in all that? We know, we know you you want you you'll go get a, you go out, you do this, you do that, you're doing your thing, but where do we come in? And not only where, where can I mean- we contribute? Like the, what do we have to do? I feel as if I don't think black women push black men away. At the end of the day, like you can't keep someone who doesn't want to be kept. We're not about to. I feel as if black women are strong in the sense where, like, in most cases, we're not going to beg anyone to stay around. Because if some black men are very, like, look childlike mm-hmm. in a sense, especially if they don't have a good relationship with their mother, like, it's kind of like we have to be. Mm-hmm mama and friend and you know it's just like a lot yeah. of roles that we have to play when dealing with a man that has like um, a troubled past or who is insecure or who doesn't know him. so I feel as if that the black man he yeah. never erased them out of the equation I feel as if due to insecure and I don't have doubt that they decided to pick up and leave and I think that's why a lot of okay. just, instead of staying sticking it okay. out they just move on and then they know that they have five or six kids so I feel as if that we never push the black man away. We always okay. want him around. I feel as if did lean more on government assistance than the black man because that is more consistent than someone staying or going. And we don't know which way because we know that on what day of the month that them food stamps gonna hit. But we don't know if you're gonna be here today or tomorrow. So it's just like I feel as if due to that reason we have to lean on certain things to get mm-hmm. us by. But I feel as if it's the black man would just stick around and stick it out instead of moving on and sticking his dick somewhere else, then we can get a lot or and we can get a lot of shit 
established. I feel as if that the or being or being or, forced out. I'm not sure what man else, or being like, forced out. The man that you're the head of the hat. Well, you know that's you no know, for other other reasons. Divorce me because once you get married, did you know that before once you, you get married, married, the man gives up his whole leverage. That's it. Okay, and it's a lose lose when the kind of kind of because my dad he went through a divorce and he, he had to wait until I was seven years old to marry my mother. Not yeah, because and then, he didn't so want to be his ex-wife being a lot of other, other <laughs> you know things what I'm saying? That, so, that ruins marriages as well like all these different laws and yeah, rules and all so that. I think, I think it yeah, yeah, yeah. simple as just to give her a sign a piece of paper and if you could just sign a piece of paper get, get so much other stuff that goes into it and then once you're with someone for so long, but at the, as far as like where black men stand with black women, I feel that we want them to stand right next to us. That's how I feel. I feel like black men are needed. I feel that black men are appreciated. I feel black men are wanted, but have to, you know, they have to want us as well. Mm. So I just feel like, especially, you know, black people, we so impatient, like impatient. Right. Yeah, we're very impatient. So, I mean, hey, we need more. patience. And prayer, <laughs> patience and prayer yeah. is needed in the black and community, also in the black household. If that is more implemented yeah. in, our, in right. our, you know, everyday lives, I think yeah. that more black yeah. families will yeah. stick together. Yes, I just I was going to get to. I think that although we both know black women and shit, black men and shit, but in order for this whole shit to work, like we want it to work. Both people, the black man and the black woman, need mm -hmm. to do what they need to do to make sure that, that they are healed from the traumas that they experienced while growing up. So when they get, get to a relationship, also, they don't bring when any you of that baggage meet in, someone, and it can start on a they are, they're or, healed, um, displaying certain red flags or certain traits that you see that they may be toxic or might need help. Instead of keeping the relationship going, I feel as if more people need to be honest up front and say, hey, I mean, I really like you. I think you're a dope person, but Say, baby girl, like, probably have you decided to seek therapy? Like, hey, I got this book I used to read. Like, hey, you know, yeah. I feel as if people are more honest with one another versus just saying, well, you know, she's, man, she just crazy. They label that shit as crazy. You see what I'm saying? Like, all black women are not crazy. So it's just like, I feel as if we be more honest because we deal with a yep. lot of toxic and women. women also. And it's like on both sides, it's a lot of toxic yeah. men, it's a lot of toxic women. But people still deal with them because these days, that shit is popular. Like, I want a toxic nigga. That, that, mm. that shit is sexy to people, but it's it's damaging as well. Yeah, it is. Yep. Straight up, straight up. Mm -hmm. That is true. So, in conclusion, right, what are your two more things? We'll go ahead and get out of here. What are your future endeavors? What is Michelle Ellis going to do in the future? What does she has going? What does she has planned? What are some of the goals that working. you have for the future? I used to hate when people say that, but now I understand why I said But now, um, <laughs> you just have to wait and see. Like, no, seriously, like, I'm working on a lot of stuff. Like, I love to help people. Like, my organization right is built off, like, you know, clutch changing lives, understanding yeah. their challenging yeah. hardships. So that's always been in me to help. Whether it's fitness, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm going to be helping people. Just know that. Yes. That is what's up. And lastly, okay. what would you tell young Michelle 
if you seen her and you experience her, you say, hey, it looks like me. You walk up to her and say, God damn, I would tell her, must be in a time machine because that is me. What will you tell, tell her? her? Well, I just tell her, like, period. Tell like, if I see her walking down the street and I see little me, I'd be like. Just, what will you tell her about her future? What will you tell her to try to um, give her a heads up on things to expect as she grows? I would tell Michelle to be patient, be very, very patient. And I would tell young Michelle that it's all going to work out. Yep. And she and she's not going to listen though, because I don't never listen. (laughs) That's what's up. Well, Michelle, I. <laughs> so like, after she hear all that shit, she gonna be like, like "All right, nigga, you know what I'm saying?" Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. And you gonna be like, "All right, I'm trying to tell you, man, you ain't listening." Straight up, <laughs> well, Michelle, I highly appreciate you. Um, joining me on this podcast, giving me a part of your time that is very valuable. Time is valuable, something that we can't get back. So I highly appreciate that. And thank you for being and I will be Trill sending Pills. you an update. Thank you to Trill Pill with your boy. Um, also, found organic. Yes, please, please do. Organic, please do, please do. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I seen you post that, and I, I thought yeah, it was going to party today. And, and they I'm going to go look. I'm trying to find them. What is the spicy white cheddar? Them shits look fire as hell. But I'm going to see the updated list, though. <laughs> Straight up. Right on. So at this time, I will, you know, go ahead and allow you to plug in your organization, okay. um, plug in your socials, tell the people right where now. they can I post find a lot of, you um, at health tips. I post a lot of things that help me like get to the point where I am now. My Instagram is what is my Instagram? Toned underscore queen mm-hmm. underscores or Q-E-E-N or follow me on Instagram. Giving out my Snapchat. <laughs> All right. Um, and is there a way People can get well, as far as <laughs> is there where people can get in touch like with in the works with your it. organization? Oh, in the works with another organization as well. So as far as clubs, people are homeless. I still get you know things like that. I, okay. I just don't put it like out there as much. Um, but if anybody have any, anybody want to collaborate, anyone has anybody mm-hmm. want to you know you know go grocery shopping together, learn more about like the foods that I've eaten, the foods that have helped me like. There, I'm such a nice person. Just inbox me or whatever, and I. Oh man! That's what's up. Well, like I said, I appreciate you, Michelle. At this time, everybody, that is the Trill Pill Podcast with Khalil Sneed featuring Michelle Ellis, aka Toned Underscore. Put the goddamn underscore. And you forgot the underscore. It's the underscore. Yeah, you gotta tell what for the be like, I didn't see it. I didn't. Yeah. You were listening. (laughs) Oh, it's another underscore. Okay, look, I forgot. Look at, look at. Hey, don't mind me. 
I'm about seven shots in of my favorite liquor. Strawberry. Mixed with the scent of lemonade that. that you don't like, the raspberry kind. So, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah. it's it all good. Pound underscore queen underscore. Right? Okay. That's where you go find Michelle at about anything that you want to know about Michelle. Come on so now. Hit her up. And if you want to get to it, then you can do that. <laughs> Fellas, hit her up too. Send shoot your shot. Send them pics, fellas. Shoot your shot. Who, who knows? That nigga may be the one. He may be last one. Who knows? We don't want to... Look, I, I'm okay, not getting on here I, and not encouraging my brothers to get in touch with black women. That is not what we do here on Chill Pill Podcast. We definitely... Yeah, we promote black love, so all my niggas, you see it, hit her up. Remember, the underscore between the tone and the Thank queen you, and after the queen. Okay. So, <laughs> thank you, Michelle. This was a great podcast. Thank and you. much love to you. Much love to your beautiful mother, this your beautiful right. family. God bless you all. And you guys have a good time. I called mama from the hotel room right there. And I was like, mama, this is where I'm going. She was like, you sure? I was like, I'm sure. She was like, you going to call and tell them. Uh, Texas Tech, did you gonna uh, go there? I was like, I'll let him know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And, and from, it ain't snowing and love it, God yeah, damn it. It ain't snowing and love it. Not, not, nothing, not, like not nothing like no, this. Not like that. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. Not like that. Not, not this shit came real. down like Miracle on 34th yeah, Street. It was, it was a real scene out of a movie, man. And uh, Miracle is yeah, and all that's what happened. And, and that's what sold me. Just the whole scenery. Of uh, of a movie, it looked like I, honest to God because it I was downtown, man. It was crazy. They had a movie theater. That it was just like a whole mm-hmm. perfect little movie scene, and like and and in the college towns, you know, it's you know, it's a lot more focused in. It's built around yeah. the school. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like it's the school and it's built around it, so everything is yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah. And everything was live. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Everything was, and it, I mean, it looked like Vegas. I'm not gonna lie, everything was lit up. You know what I'm saying? Neon lights everywhere. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it, it was just, it was a breath of fresh air. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, and and I just realized that if if right. I was gonna really do this, then this is where I was gonna go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you know, this this right. is big time. You know, so, and, and I and yeah. I and I wanted the challenge, and that's really what it was. Like, I just felt like, I, I'm not gonna lie, but I just felt like them, I was like they're not better than me. I just I, I could I just couldn't see them being better than me. Like I you might be a little bit smarter and your your football IQ might be a little bit higher. But when we get out here like mm-hmm. play for play, pound for, like you're not better than me. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how it was. So yeah. like I said, man, my whole thing uh was about respect, man. And and even to this day, people I played against, played with Whatever, man. Um, they'll tell you just like I talk about them. If they was any fucking good, they'll tell you. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, yeah, I don't. Sure. I wouldn't. I don't. I would. Cause dogs respect yeah, dogs. Yeah, I wouldn't man. have to tell you shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like once you yeah. go through warfare, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It don't matter on what level. If you put an imprint on anybody's mind, they may not know your name. But they'll look at you. All of a sudden, it'll pop up. Like that nigga right yeah. there. Yeah. Shoo. I'm happy. I'm seeing a nigga yeah. at Walmart. Matter of fact, I'm scared he's gonna tackle me in the <laughs> belly section. I need to move around. 
<laughs> nigga might hit me into the right. turkey meat, nigga. Right. No. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but that's yes, respect. Sir. That's what I'm like yeah. you said, you earned yeah. it. You earned it all the way up and you earned it to go to a prestigious school. You know what I'm saying? And um doing that, um man, that was weird. Cause I can see it now. Cause I remember going up to Michigan, and y'all let me tell y'all when I say I can't remember it was building we was in, but it was across the street from a Burger King, and it was like I woke up, mom was tapping me. It was, it was the time we went up there, so y'all was playing um, another game, Jarrett Jackson, quarterback, um, and it was snowing. I said, "What the fuck is all this shit?" You know what I'm saying? I'm going outside, my whole mm-hmm. kneecap, mm-hmm. snow. And everybody, and the first thing I remember going everybody outside was like, hey, the snow hit, had me with, mm-hmm. with the ugly face. That should hit you with a crisp little, and you hear the wind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, nigga, it's cold. But I'm thinking like, shit, this was Dallas, Texas. This should be shut yeah. down last night. Niggas ain't stepping out, but yeah. this is Michigan. And nigga, this is just a nigga that's gonna scoop that shit into a big ass pile for niggas to make snowballs, jump in, do whatever, mm-hmm. and keep it going. And uh, that's what I remember, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Doing all that, man. But you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, for shit show. It was cold. I still got cold it was. Yeah. That shit was crisp on the young, on the young <laughs> body. Nigga, it, it wasn't enough. Jay, I said, why does a nigga choose to go here, man? It's cold, bitch. Yeah, it's cold. I said, "Mama, I'm talking to mom. Mama, it's cold. Daddy, it's cold. It's cold. Like, do y'all have any more blankets? Any more scarves? Any more? Bubble wrap, nigga. Wrap me up in some shit. Just carry me, goddamn it, nigga. It's cold." Shit, the hot chocolate don't last. It don't stay hot for too long. Once that, nigga. But yeah, man. So let's get into a little past that. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about you know the um, the your experience there and um, the experience of, of you coming to some adversity there, and most importantly, going through that. How did that shape and mold you? You know. Being your little brother, like I tell you when we have our, our talks, I learned more from you going through, like watching you going through your adversity than I ever did on a football field or wherever, through sports. I learned more, and even still through this day, I use those examples because those were some of the images in my life that I remember and I still hold those and I cherish those <clears throat> because you know I've sat and watched people come and go in our life. You know what I'm saying? Um they come in but but they don't come in with necessarily good intentions. They come in wanting you they want you, 
the person who earned all the shit, they ain't, they ain't hit now, nigga. They ain't did nothing. They ain't, niggas ain't had their shoulder out of place and pop that shit back in. Niggas ain't did none of that shit. Ain't he had the pain? Ain't did none of that shit. But they want you. They have an image of what they want you to do, not because they care about you, the person, but because they care about what you do can get mm-hmm. for them. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want you to go out and do that, not because. Yeah, go do it because you're great. We love you. Do it because you don't get tired. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and they, they back of their mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they greedy. They, they, they doing it because they 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 doing and it because they know. Turn yeah, they doing from it from a blessing the, the, within the whole <clears throat> back of their mind that shit they gonna get free tickets to the game. And, mm-hmm. You know, if you, you yeah. know you do this, and yeah. Then if you move, they gonna be coming to the mansion and. You know, like you know, I say everybody, but see, yeah. that's the thing, you know, and I told people, yeah, because... I, I tell people all the times, I was like, uh, other people can block your blessings too. I was like, just, I was like, it, I was like, uh, you know, you can block them, but other people having ambitions, other people having aspirations on your life, having plans for your life, putting things in place for you, mm-hmm. um, being a, um, an uh something where you feel like they are uh, a support they're supporting you but <clears throat> the support is only uh it's conditional you know what i'm saying like like everybody's doing something but in the back of their mind they doing it for a reason you have no idea about like you you don't have a clue why they doing the shit you know what I'm saying? Like they see themselves mm-hmm. getting a fucking new house or a new car or something out of you. Yeah. And they spend the money for their even that's really yeah. um what it was. Um talk about the ups and downs of Michigan. Man, the only thing that I regret was that I got into a situation that had nothing to do with me. Um, it was a guy on the team, you know what I'm saying? We was, we, we know we cool We roommates, you know what I'm saying? This is where the hood in you fucked up your potential to do great things because he was my roommate. We was cool. We ride or die. We this, we that he and in practice one day, this, uh, this white dude, I'm not going to lie, big old white dude, dude way bigger than him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we blocking in the drill or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the drill over, you take the dude, and you done deposited him damn near 10 or 15 yards down the field. Okay? You done, yeah, you, you've done what you wanted <laughs> yeah. to do to him, but you now you just on top of it. You know what I'm saying? And now you just being a fucking asshole about mm-hmm. it. And what I had to realize is it's not my place to jump in the middle of that, regardless how I felt about that, because I have something to lose. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for a reason, mm-hmm. not his protection. Mm-hmm. But that hood shit in me, we stay together. That's my roommate. That's my apartment. So I run over there yeah. and get into it with the white boy, get him off of him, whatever, we get into a fight. So coach come over there and he grabs me. Well, in the process of him grabbing me, he put his knee in my back like he a goddamn police officer or some shit. 
You know what I'm saying? So hmm. I'm already upset. Mm-hmm. So when he does this, I think that it's a little bit over the top. You could have done something differently than put your knee in my goddamn back. So so the shit escalates and Definitely. goes to another nine. And in the process of me going off, I tell the coach, you put your fucking hands on me again, I'm a kid. Well, you can't fucking threaten nobody. You can't say that shit. Even if you're not going to kill nobody, you can't say that shit. So after that, next thing I know, mm-hmm. they telling me, well, great, we got a psychiatrist for you to see. These bitches done made me out to be a fucking, I'm, I'm a psychopath now. I'm crazy now. Crazy, like niggas don't like niggas don't remember yeah. he had the whole yeah. kneecap so, in my goddamn you know back. Like the whole situation, yeah. it was a whole yeah. some shit that could have been avoided just because I needed to grow the fuck up. Like I needed to leave that hood shit alone. Like I needed to understand that I had an opportunity. See, I didn't. One thing that I can say that Dad did, but he didn't do. Was he didn't get on my ass enough when it came to mm-hmm. the shit that I was doing, and from a right. male's perspective, like it was some shit that I was doing. He should have. I feel mm-hmm. like that I'm doing with Corey now. That he should have been like, "Say, man, like you might want to chill the fuck out. Like you got such and such and such and such and such and such. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like everybody, everybody felt mm-hmm. like I knew what the fuck I was doing. Everybody felt like I knew. I had control of everything. Like, I didn't need any guidance. I didn't need to be parented. I didn't need, you know what I'm saying, any more guidance. And I was just out there. You know what I'm saying? Literally. You just out there. You're doing shit. You don't have nobody to rein you in and tell you, hey, you need to calm down. You know, you got this. So you just steady. You put this, you know, this situation on top of this situation, on top of this situation. Then the next thing I know, um, I get a call from home, uh, Corey on the way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you, you mm-hmm. go from this and you go through that. Then you get a phone call. You're about to have a son and you're in the process of transferring. Your mama don't want you to. It's just, you know, and yeah. it's, it was it was a transition. And mama told me, she was like, if you leave that school, yeah. it's nothing I can do for you anymore because you are deliberately defying my wishes and I cannot support you if you do that she didn't pull any punches she didn't tell me nothing but the truth so I made the decision to leave when I made the decision to leave everything came with that now in the process of that I was lied to by Southwest Missouri State Said I had full scholarship. I was on housing. I had everything. When I got there, I had nothing. I was living in my truck for like a month and a mm. half during that whole little, you know, the little summertime where you go and you go through camp and all that before you get into a mm-hmm. actual. Yeah, like I'm living You're in my truck. Like, like I'm that. practicing. I would do everything that they would do. Go take a shower, mm. get in my truck, drive around Springfield, Missouri mm-hmm. until it got dark and pull behind the athletic facility and go to sleep or not sleep or whatever. Cry myself to sleep or whatever it might be. And just mm-hmm. and just try to figure out how the fuck I got yeah. there. Like, how do you leave the best thing that you've ever had in your life? You walk into a locker room, you can have 
a thousand pair of gloves. You go in there, you can get a, any kind of shoes you want, like literally, like anything you want to sleeping mm-hmm. in your truck, not knowing what you're going to eat. And uh, like I said, mm. it was a lot of times where I wanted to give up. It's a lot of times so I wanted to run my truck into a wall. I wanted to drive into a river. I've I've been in some pretty deep, dark places. Yeah. And um, yeah. one thing that I remembered amongst all of that is that um, you're not done yet. And I, just, I always used to tell myself, like, you're not done. Like, I don't know wh- how you're going to get through this, but you're not done yet. And I would just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, find a way, keep pushing, keep pushing. And when they told me, hey, uh, Brooks, you know, we got your housing and everything, man, you can move into the apartment. It was just like from then, like, that's why I don't play with my rent now. That's why my rent is three months paid now. Like everything like from then. And that's what I'm saying. Like the question that you asked, like what's molded you into what you are now? It's shit like that, staying in your truck, yeah, not having nothing. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a lot of things that make you understand that uh, you can be up here tomorrow, you can be down here the next day, and nobody gives a fuck in between. So, no, nah, and it's not that far in between. It's not that far. So that's in why I don't either. judge people. I don't. Um, yeah, you know, people on the side that need change or whatever, man. Say so if I got it, man, I give it, man, because. Like I said, like like you know, people be telling yeah. man, you woo woo. Yeah. I mean, he might be able bodied he might go boxing look and whatever. But if I have it and it's not gonna kill me to give it, I'm gonna give that. Yeah. I'm gonna give that, man, because because yeah. well, I'm not yeah, I want what am I gonna do with that it? little I'm gonna waste it anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. Like mm-hmm. people have to get off of that. I ain't finna do nothing for you because you able-bodied. Well, somebody was doing something for your able-bodied ass. You just called your mama and asked that bitch to pay your rent. You called this nigga to bring you some weed. Bitch, you doing the same yeah. shit. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So how you gonna same do it? Shit. It's just a, on the corner yeah. for yeah. asking for something and you doing the same fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? So that's why yeah. I've never ever judge people man like that judgment shit is all the way out the window i'm telling you man when you are homeless you are hopeless you are nothing i didn't have an address i didn't have a residence Mm -hmm. i was i was not an entity i was not a person i had nothing and i was alone and you were alone so Mm. You go from there, you do what you got to do. You get in that apartment, you start practicing. I was making some waves. I'm playing in some games. Kansas City, the Chiefs was coming up there on a regular basis. The Pittsburgh Steelers were coming up there on a regular basis, trying out for both of these teams all the time. You know what I'm saying? They will come. I'm, I'm running 40s for them. I'm, they coming to watch mm-hmm. drills. They coming to practice. So it was in the it was in the mix. And then the locals hit. The niggas that was from there and the dudes that had already been there and the players that wasn't getting no shine, you know, they don't like when a new nigga comes. So 
it, they create they created a whole situation yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And then I yeah, think, oh, you yeah, coming from yeah. Michigan, so you just yeah. you know what I'm saying? Niggas hate instantly because they they probably they don't they niggas ain't well, never been that, to a rose bowl. Niggas ain't never going. It deep in niggas heart, don't know, they know that you know this, he he's finna come and he finna take somebody position, and they got homeboys. You know what I'm saying? Like them yeah. niggas, they you know they don't they don't play together and know each other and they homeboys. They partners. You know, don't nobody want to see their partner position get took. You know, niggas ain't funny with you. Because you done came and took their partner position or whatever it might be, hmm. man. So, you know, when I got there, it was cool. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? I've right. I've seen people go through great links to sabotage somebody's career. I had dudes to break into my apartment, steal my IDs, things that had, like, my personal belongings. And put them inside of a stolen car. They done busted the window out of the car, sat my shit in the seat of the car, mm. and made it seem as though. You understand what I'm saying? I had something to do with the shit. So I'm at yeah, practice, yeah. and see, like this is some shit you never knew. I'm I'm at practice, motherfucker. Police come to practice. Mm-hmm. We looking for such and such and such and such. He vandalized cars and woo woo woo. So. You know what I'm saying? They called me off the field. They asking me what's going on. I'm like, I don't know shit. They called me down to the precinct. He got my cell phone, which is an old phone that was off, and an ID that was in one of my drawers in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's when I stopped being so friendly. Letting niggas come into my apartment and smoke. Mm-hmm. Letting dudes come over my apartment and chill. You know what I'm saying? So... You know that that's 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 another mm-hmm. lesson in life where you learn. So that's why I am like I am now. That's why I stayed on myself. You know what I'm saying? See, like I said, you know, like when shit yeah. happened, like, yeah. and, and then you you like you say you asked me why I am like I am now. Like now you see, you know what I'm saying? Like it it's a, it was some shit that happened even before the mm-hmm. shit that you saw that happened. You know what I'm saying? That led to that. So right. Cause I want to say, uh, this was around ninety nine, two thousand. So you uh, was nine, yeah, nine or ten, nine, yeah, ten, nine or ten, nine or ten, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, you, yeah, because yeah. all I remember, yeah, is, and that's why, yeah, I remember, I remember coming to Springfield, yeah, remember when I had Kane, chilling with yeah. the dog, yeah, Kane was that Kane. Yeah, came man. and uh, I I remember that. Um, I just I, I remember I, at that point I vaguely remembered, but when I got my CDL and I know mm-hmm. I was going to Springfield, I was like, "Why did yeah, she you don't see you like?" Then when I get there, there, and when I, like when I first got there, I, I was on the little main part by the highway. I don't know if it was there when you was there. It's like a it, we we where we stayed was a red roof inn. And it was like in the little main area. It's like right off the highway. Like right. It, it, mm-hmm. It's a golf course on the other side of the highway. And we stayed on the other side. Of course, it probably was built up by then, but yeah, that's the area where we stayed. Like right, you know what I'm talking about? Right off the highway. And so, nigga, I just ride around. You know what I'm saying? 
I drive around a little bit. I'm like, oh shit. I drive past the school. I'm like, of course, at that time it was a Missouri State. I said, oh shit, this is where, okay, this shit coming. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and those memories, they, they came back. And to be honest, <clears throat> my sure I ever told you this was once I seen that, because I, I did that like my first, during the first week, my first couple days there. Nigga, it was rough. I came there off the Greyhound. I know how them Greyhound rides be. They let you off at that Man, little station. It was down. tough. Like it, I, leaving I a family. Yeah. yeah. Nigga. And then had to get a then had to get a ride and then couldn't get no ride. I ain't had no money for no Uber and that time. I'm like, nigga, I, fuck it. I'm walking in. Shit. Let's get no I'm, with bags though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> with bags though. And so the whole Greyhound shit was sad. I just left the family. They just dropped me off. You know me. I'm I'm sensitive as hell at times. Yeah. Crying and shit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Niggas that just got out of jail and getting a Greyhound looking at me. Say, look, bro, it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. You're right. He was like, well, I don't know what you're going through, but Troy Lesbian knows. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be all right. So I was like, all right, cool. Appreciate it, OG. You know what I'm saying? But I got to Springfield and the first couple of days, nigga, it was rough. I'm thinking the whole something like shit. Like, nigga, I'm used to being around my family. This shit is I'm with around people I don't even know. Some of these niggas act weird. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I drove around, I got to that that Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. That Wednesday when I actually got like settled into my apartment and drove around, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, nigga, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, cause the memories start coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is where Sean went. Okay, cool. Then the memories start coming back. So I'm like, oh, I don't been here before. Yeah. So what the fuck am I afraid of? Some shit has already been accomplished yeah. here by my blood. So I'm driving down the same streets he done drove yeah. down. I'm eating the same place. Some, some, you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. a sense of continuity. You know what I'm saying? And by that point, I was like, man, yeah. let me do this shit and, and, and yeah. get the fuck up out of here. You know what I'm saying? At that point, so that shit was, it's, I, I never forget, I was sitting at a Popeye's, the Popeye's, and I was sitting down and like, nigga, this shit gonna be straight. Because yeah. my brother was here. Regardless of whenever it was, my brother was here. Yeah. And it's gonna be straight. You know what I'm saying? And that compared to what we are already been through. Of course, by that time, Mama was gone. We'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. But let's talk about, um, okay, going from there, you know, yeah. had a little big head, little boy. Yeah, big head, yeah. <laughs> little they look just like yeah. you, Canada, all of them. Um, yeah, man, and yeah, then man, even Z in 99 and 2000, man, I was still trying to live out the dream playing football because, you know, the Houston Texans, um, they that yeah they were just now just, being yeah. being yeah being expanded so Expansion. they was having you know a huge tryout in Houston or whatever man and I think I think that that was the one that did it for me because I had gone to a tryout for the um uh, for the Cowboys that they had um I had mm-hmm. gone to. Um, oh shit, Minnesota. 
to the Vikings. I had gone to a, to a Vikings camp, and then I was um, going to uh, hmm. end up with um, and, and uh, try, you know, with the Texans since we was in Texas or whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but all this stuff was sponsored by yeah. me. You know, mind you, I had saved up a little money. So, you know, when you go to these tryouts and all this shit, like, you got to pay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't have no representation and all that shit, so, you know, like, you you basically paying them to get out there and show, you know, what the fuck you can do. So, um, you know, I was just doing it, man, and that this one last time that I went to the one that, in Houston, it was just, it was, I was so disconnected from everything. It was just like, I was there, but I didn't have representation. Um, it was just like, I, I, it, it, it was like, I was just reaching, you know what I'm saying? Like they had basically already had the dudes that they wanted for the team already. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else that was trying out was basically, uh, all the money grab, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I, I after the trap, man, I kind of just looked around and I really asked myself, do you, like, do you really want this to be the last time you step on a football field? And I really had to ask myself that. But, like, I was dead ass serious because I was like, if you say that this is it, then once you leave out of this building, like, that's it. Like, it ain't no more tryouts. It ain't no more you trying to make no more teams. There's no more calling agents. No more calling in favors from friends. Like, you done. Like, are you seriously done? And um, I came to the conclusion that I was done, man. And I think that was the longest ride, besides when I took Corey to school, that I've ever had in my life. It seemed like I left my whole body and soul in that building because I had identified with being a football player. Mm. I never I never knew nothing else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't know shit else. Like I didn't do nothing. Else. In your life. Yeah. So it was just like from me leaving from yeah. there, I was it, it I went from a sense of security to a instant state of fear. Like just fucking terrified. Because I ain't know, like it was in, like the unknown. Like I didn't know what to do, where to go, what was next, who was gonna love me, who was gonna hate me, how people was gonna feel about me. Like it, you know, it was just right. It was a lot. So um, I ain't even come home, bro, for like a week. Motherfucker thought I had made the team and everything. You know what I'm saying? But I just couldn't yeah. bring myself just to turn around and come back. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it was just like, I, I just, I took some time yeah. and it was just like, once I, you know, took that time, man, and got it right with myself and figured out that that's, you know, I was leaving that chapter behind. Like I was done trying to play in the NFL. Like I was done with that. Yeah. Um, that's when I really just had to realize that honestly, man, it was like you have not accomplished any uh, anything worldly or anything uh, tangible, let's just, since we've been using that, besides football. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. went to school, flaked on your degree. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You went to school, you flaked on your degree. Um, did some more shit, flaked on that. So it was just like, what the fuck are you gonna what are you gonna follow through with? Like, what are you going to what are you gonna do? Like, what the fuck is you gonna, you know, what what are you gonna see from the beginning to the end? And um that's when mm-hmm. I took pride in being a father. But I think that that pride of being a father um, is cool. But I think it's kind of unfair to Corey because as much as you say, well, you don't live through your kids, you live through your fucking kids, bro. And as much as you don't, you know, you say, well, you don't, you know, this and this and that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's their decision. It's really, you know, in the back of your mind, you want it to be your decision because ultimately, like, I know how the shit's going to turn out if he don't do it. Like, I know how it's going to turn out if he don't do it the way that I want him to do it. But it's not my life. And I had to realize that. And I had to realize that when I was taking that drive back from Houston, that you have to figure out uh, what you're going to pour, what you're going to pour yourself into. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to pour your knowledge into something. You're going to have to teach somebody something. You're going to have to guide somebody. You have to do something. So that's when my love for football and uh, that whole little dynamic switch from that to, okay, I'm going to be the best daddy I can. I'm going to be the, you know, best such and such and such and such. And I think now that I look back on it, I think it's more of a consolation prize because I'm still not happy with myself in a lot of ways. So I use me being a good father as a way to buffer the shit that I fucked up in. If you get it. Um, and um, mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. I parent so hard. That's why I go so hard with my kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just because I fucked up so much and I didn't uh, really just